Hello, 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 and welcome back to the San Pedro FIFA League podcast with yours truly, George Tello. Today, I'm going to debut that new segment, uh, the comparison game, and obviously, it's interesting. I hope that we get some pretty good, com- uh, some pretty good battles in the future on who you'd rather have, and it's it's a fun little uh, segment. I hope you guys enjoy. I'm also going to rank. It's a very early power ranking. I know the D2 and D1 top 10 players at the moment. Now, I did cut some stuff out of this podcast because I'm going to leave it for Fridays. Um, and it's just going to make things easier for all of you guys. You know, it's not going to be a super long podcast. I realize, though, at doing two podcasts a week, and obviously I'll do bonus things and bonus news here and there. And um, that will be something I always will continue to do no matter you know, what kind or what part of the season we're in. However, I encourage you guys to always give me feedback, anything like that. I'm obviously going to repeat that later in the podcast because you guys know how I am by now. I hope you guys enjoy these two segments. Um, if there's anything you guys want to see amended and changed at, or, or changed rather, I do not mind. If you want to come on the podcast to do these segments in the future, let me know. I am clamoring for someone to get the uh, courage to come on here and talk with me and not be afraid of what 31 other guys are going to think about, you know, these podcasts. This is all for fun. Um, you know, this is not for me to come on here and be a dick and, and rant on things. And if you want to come on here and do that, fine, be my guest. Um, but yes, please, I'm encouraging it. Obviously, I'm going to try and do interviews. I'm trying to do things that I, I can and can't do. Uh, you know, there's there's a list of, you know, of that. And um, I appreciate you guys as always for listening in and it, I try and give you guys as much as I can, um, twice a week. As far as those bonus episodes, look for them to come actually this week. I'm actually about to start one at, as I record this for Tuesday, I'm going to record one today as well for that. And I'll, I announce that at the end of this podcast. Thank you guys once again for listening to the San Pedro FIFA league podcast. Let's hop right in. All right, guys, welcome back to the San Pedro FIFA League podcast. Um, I did a brand new, I'm debuting a brand new segment today, and uh, I'll get to the team of the month uh, news in just a bit, but I hope you guys are ready for this. Uh, It's a brand new segment. Uh, It's basically going to be me comparing four, or um, I would say maybe two and more like players. I'm going to try and just do four of the max. I feel like if you add more players, there's just too many guys to compare, and it doesn't give even the guy uh, who gets the lowest amount of votes a real chance to be talked about. So this week, I posed the question of, as managers in the league, who would you rather have on your team and why? And I'm talking FIFA-wise, obviously. If we're talking real-life soccer, I will pose that question somewhere else or I will just ask you guys straight up in uh, that it's, you know, I'll let it be known. If, it, if I don't let it be known, from now on, it is a FIFA-based thing altogether. So, to recap, Aubameyang got five, Firmino got five, Kane got three votes, and Aguero got two. Now, in real life, none of these guys at the moment is in for the golden boot. That is Mohamed Salah with 22 goals, and it could increase this weekend... As they have, as Liverpool has still a chance. Aguero can actually catch him, yes, still. That's very, very possible. But after I posed this question, 
got a few comments from here and there. And some people actually got into more of a debate more than it was, oh, I didn't see his goals. Listen, that that's not what I'm talking about. One game does not define one striker, right, on who you're going to have in FIFA. If we're going to look at it from a FIFA aspect, like, don't get me wrong, it was a great finish from Obama Yang. But I'll start quickly with Jalant's comment. Because he said he has height, he has power, he's quick. What more do you want? I'll agree, he does have all those things. I don't know if he has that power, though, in the sense of he can out-physical someone and then win a header. I do think he has power with his pace. You know, he, he can use that. If he's ran by you, he's going to be able to hold you off, not just because he's fast, but he's also very lengthy. And he does kind of uh, have an effect in the sense like, I can't bring him down. You know, he does have strength once he's ahead of you. If he's got to go by you and, and try and use his power that way, I don't think so. I don't think he has that in his game. That's more of like a Harry Kane, Aguero thing that I see happening. Uh, I don't even think Firmino really does that. But we're going to talk about the things that uh, each of these guys have and don't have. So first and foremost, I'll go through their real-life abilities. Aubameyang, he does have height. He has pace. And I do think he has finishing. Now, when he gets around the six-yard box, he's either the best striker in the world or he's the most wild. Like, you don't know what you're going to get out of him. You know, he's either feast or famine. He's going to put three away from ridiculous angles or, you know, he's going to be clinical. Or he's going to put it seven rows deep. And you say, oh, isn't that how it normally is? Either you finish or you don't. No, that's not what I'm talking about. You can have good finishing and barely miss some of your shots here and there or have one bad shot a game. Do I need to keep recapping the Brighton game? Because I feel like that's just going to hurt my own feelings as an Arsenal fan. But he missed some sitters for his quality. And if we're going to put him at the top of this, is he more clinical than Kane and Aguero in real life? Or even Firmino? I mean, Firmino sometimes doesn't even look at the goal when he scores goals, which is even more insulting than anything else, even though I like it. So that's what he struggles with. Other than that, I think it's obvious he's not really a header of the ball. So I wouldn't put him in that category. As for Firmino, he's easily the best passer out of this out of this four-man group. Yes, Kane does create at times, and I, he definitely deserves that credit. And I'll give Kane a credit in a bit, but as for Firmino, if we're looking at him from that standpoint, we're looking at one of the best strikers in the world. All four of these guys are, by the way. I'm not denouncing that. But what Firmino does better than them is create. He creates the play. Uh, I do think he's got more of skill like on the ball than any of these guys. I think that's where it runs out Firmino. I do think that he has a passion to him, which helps the other two players. And if he's not there, those other two guys aren't the same. I wouldn't say they're bad, but they're just not the same. You know, they obviously have done enough to get to where they're at uh, with a team effort, especially in the Champions League. But in the league, we've seen the impact of what Firmino does for this team. The hard work that he puts in, anybody would love to have a guy like that. Anybody would. Now into Harry Kane. Because the one thing Kane has over these guys is I think not only is he the best header of the ball out of these guys, I do think once Kane gets a team that place for him because I don't think Tottenham do that. And I think a lot of cer certain people have asked uh, that 
our Tottenham fans not name Aaron because Aaron is super biased towards Tottenham. Um, I I talked to him. I said, imagine if they just played more crosses in the cane, you know, to where he's not having to come so deep to win the ball almost every time and create. And that could be a bit on Harry Kane. Yes, like he gets impatient. But the Spurs games I've watched, so much of the game goes through Erickson and the rest of the wingers, yet the crosses don't always come in. You know, it's more of a, if Kane's there, he's there, you know. But out of the finishers of this group, Kane is the most fluid one. Him and Aguero, in my opinion, are just, like, if you put them in any team, they're going to do something for you. I don't know if I could say the same thing about Aubameyang and Firmino. Like, they're not going to have the same output. Like, Kane, mind you, the Spurs didn't bring in anybody, and I know Aguero plays for the best team in the league, but uh, you have to give these guys credit. When they're around the box, they just tend to finish. And Kane, to me, not only does all those things, but he's the best leader out of these four. Like, you don't have to tell Harry Kane how to lead a squad. Like, everyone respects that, how, how he came up. Not that these guys didn't have any adversity too. You know, Firmino was very disrespected in his in his growth as a youth player. And Aubameyang was uh, obviously given less of a chance because, you know, he was, a, he was an African player. And at his time of going up, a lot of scouts were not looking at his players. Not to mention Aguero. People don't want short strikers most of the time. Uh, and Aguero is a, you know, he's literally a factoid of what you need to overly do in order to make a you know in a, a professional career being five by five six five seven at at striker position you know he's not that five eleven and up guy to where he's going to be like okay i can have some strength and height i can make a team off of that like no aguero literally has to do it all and i watched the documentary for man city and he talks about going to the gym like twice a day not only is that regular for Soccer players in general, you know, it's your profession. You should put that work in. But Aguero knows I need to be strong in order to survive. Like that was one of the things he says, and that sticks with me as someone who's also like, you know, we all want to play soccer, of course, at higher levels. But if even if you're just trying to learn more about the game, that's something that you kind of take in. Like, no matter where these guys come from, all four of them have had something to deal with. But Harry Kane's for some reason has made him the best leader out of these four. Like Harry Kane is to me, not, I know he's like England captain now, and he's the Spurs captain on occasion when he's fit. Um, but he is a true leader. You know, he puts the team on his back. I I remember a game against Arsenal. Like Spurs were playing terrible. They knew the derby was coming up. Arsenal, I think, had won seven straight games going into it. You know, Kane hits a shot from a ridiculous angle. Arsenal tie it. Game goes down to what, the 89th minute or some crazy shit like that. Kane wins a header, buries it into the corner. Keeper can't even move. You know. And that's when I started respecting Harry Kane is because that's when I realized, holy shit, like, you know, not only is he not a one-season wonder, but the guy for me can literally do it all. Like, he doesn't need a squad around him to produce. And I think if he got into a big team, not to say the Spurs aren't a good team, they're in the final, of course, of the Champions League, but, you know, a more complete team to where they're playing, you know, for him and not playing, you know, a 4 5 one um, something like that, you know, where they're playing a little bit more attacking, I think we'd see even more of Harry Kane. And that's saying a lot because he's put in 20 goals, I think, almost every season for the last five seasons, something crazy like that. Um, but on to Aguero, because Aguero deserves some credit. I know he only had two votes out of you guys, but Aguero is a fantastic real-life striker. And obviously I'll get into the FIFA counterparts right now, but 
Aguero in real life has the ability to just let a shot roll. I mean, he'll take one touch and blast it from 20 yards out and put it right in the corner of the net. I've seen him do that a few times just this season, and some of them were ridiculous because he just knows where the goal's at. You know, I talked about him and Kane's finishing ability. You know, there's some times where you see Aguero just kind of slip off defenders and he just rolls people, and that's the most impressive thing out of these four guys that he does. I'd say maybe Firmino can be in that conversation, whereas Kane uses his power. And he does have some good speed, Kane, granted, but he just tries to literally his his timing of his, you know, the way he absorbs those hits. Uh, and I know it's not American football, but, you know, you get hit when you're running on the ball. Some guys do just fall right over or they lose track of the ball. Kane's not one of those guys. And I think the only guy you can, in a sense, uh, compare Aguero to as far as, you know, being able to roll past defenders is Firmino, at least in the Premier League. Because Aguero will get hit, he doesn't even he he doesn't even change his running stance. And I, I watched a video NBC Sports had put out about Sergio Aguero and how he just slips by people. There was a play this year, I can't remember who they were playing. Not that it really matters, but this defender clearly was going for the takeout on Aguero. Aguero seen him coming, took a touch with the outside of his right foot, scooped past him as we see a lot in, in you know in professional soccer, but. He's getting hit. And then another player proceeds to try and hit Aguero as well off the ball. Shoulder to shoulder, it's a clean hit. Aguero just literally bounces right off, keeps going forward, plays a pass to Sterling, stops his run, he slows down just a bit, and then he bursts through the back line. Sterling plays him through, and on an off angle, he flicks the goalie, you know, he flicks the ball right over the goalie's head. It's a goal. You know, start to finish, that's ridiculous. You know, the City are already good enough as it is with their passing, but when they're slick like that, and Aguero's like the you know the master of that producing, it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty remarkable, and that's where I give Sergio Aguero that that head to head. He I think he and Kane probably use their weak foots the best too. Um, you know, since I'm comparing the four, there's a lot of real life aspects that these guys do, and I'll get into their FIFA right now, but that they all kind of have a comparison to, and they're all very lethal. I think anyone would take them, right? I'm pretty sure, you know, Arsenal, we do have Aubameyang and Lacazette, but I can tell you right now, if I could have Harry Kane, I'd take Harry Kane. If I had Sergio Aguero, I'd take Sergio Aguero. And yes, they probably wouldn't fit the same. Um, there is a big difference in the, the manner of the way these clubs play with these guys. But I love it. Um, I think that Harry Kane and... And Sergio Aguero should have got more love in this vote. But I do respect the, the other 10 managers who voted 5-5 uh, five and five for Firmino and uh, Obama Yang, respectively. Now, let's get in to Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang's FIFA ability. Because he deserves it. So he's a 77 overall. He's a striker, and I believe, yes, they still do give him the left mid position. Um... I don't know if anyone's known this, and maybe Andrew doesn't know this. You know he has four-star four star skill moves and a four-star weak foot? Because I didn't know that. Um, you know, obviously he's incredibly fast. Uh, they give him an 88 finishing. I think that's a little generous. Uh, I think he should be maybe a, a few points lower, but regardless. The guy is usually the one who's helping teams out, and obviously he plays for Wolves in our league. But he's 29 years old. He's not going to get better than that. At, you know, if anything, 
yeah, and he is six two, but you know, twenty nine years old. I think I believe he's thirty now. You know, he's he's going to be an interesting character uh, character going forward. Not just what Arsenal do, but as you get older as a striker, you either you know a lot of the times those guys slow down just a bit, and uh, if his finishing goes away, we'll see what happens to him in real life. But I'm sure Andrew does not mind having a guy like that who can consistently run past people. And as we're seeing in real life, uh, Aubameyang's clearly enjoying the partnership with Lacazette, kind of having two suppliers passing him the ball with Ozil and, and Lacazette. Someone to kind of do the hardcore running for him really helps Lacazette's game. But here's someone who doesn't need help. And I'll let you guys know how I'm going to rank them at the end of this, by the way. I know that's not something I put out there, but I'm going to rank each time you guys do this. I'm going to rank these four guys and what I think and who I would rather have as the one. But I'm going to get into their FIFA abilities first, and then we'll get to that. Because Harry Kane is interesting to me. He's the same height, and believe it or not, 20 pounds heavier than uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Only a three-skill three move player, three-star skill move player, excuse me. Um, you know, he's got four-star weak foot. All those things are great. Here's one thing that he has over Aubameyang, and this is where I begged the question to July. I know he didn't answer it, but this is where Kane has him. 86 heading accuracy. That's freaking ridiculous. Not to mention he has 86 long shots. He's got a 93 positioning, 90 penalties, because that's where Kane is, is better than I think the other four, the other three, excuse me, is that he has that ability to, like, not, like I said, not only be a leader, but he can finish up top, whether it's from the penalty spot. Uh, he doesn't have free kick accuracy, but I don't know another striker, guys, that has 83 long, ball, uh, long passing. <laughs> that's pretty intense. You know, not only that, he has 75 crossing. Now Kane's making himself to not only be just a complete or a clinical finisher, but he does have the ability to be an engine for the team. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd be curious, and not that Tottenham fans want to hear this, I'm very curious to see if he were to be in a team that maybe, just maybe had another guy up top with him that was playing in the passes. Um or even to the point of another striker to play with. I mean, we've seen that a little bit with Spurs, but obviously we haven't seen it enough with Kane. And they've been pretty erratic at times. Now, Sergio Aguero, 30 years old, going to go on 31 in a bit here. He's born on June 2nd, so he'll be 31 by the start of next season. Now, the guy, there's not much he can't do. I mean, he does have a higher rating in finishing than Kane. Uh, he's not faster than Kane. They have the same positioning. However, he's seven points down in penalties at 83. If you guys were curious, I know no one's probably going to get Aguero. Now, I did say that, uh, you know, the overall rating for Aubameyang was 88. Aguero's at 89. Kane's at 90. The difference between these guys is that Aguero and Aubameyang are not going to go up in overall uh, as far as potential unless they have some type of historic season, I think, at this point. As for Harry Kane, unless EA Sports gets a new uh, guy to do all this or a new group. As for Kane, they have him at a 90 overall with a 92 potential. So, Aaron, if you're listening to this, you sell Harry Kane. That might be the biggest mistake of your FIFA league uh, career. Uh, over the years, though, as far as uh, Aguero is concerned, I know he was a lot faster in the older FIFAs. And they actually had given him some free kick accuracy. They've pulled that down over years because he doesn't really take them. And when he has, he's 
clearly not been efficient because I'm assuming FIFA would love to give him that, you know, that kind of respect. They still let him have that 82 curve. He's got 89 dribbling. I mean, he still has the 88 shot power, which is very much deserved. Uh, kind of like Kane. Um, they do keep Aguero at an 86 acceleration, but he's only got 78 sprint speed. So all these things are important when you're looking at all four of these strikers. Is that not all of them have the same characteristics. And I think that's what makes this debate really interesting. But on to the guy who kind of could be. And he's not, you know, much older than the rest. Uh, or excuse me, he's not much older than uh, Kane in this instance. Uh, but he's also an engine like Kane, and that's Roberto Firmino. And he does have better dribbling than all of the other three guys. He's the slowest out of the th other three guys, but he has 85 vision. Now, Aguero has, I believe, 88. So Aguero is getting a lot of that respect from playing in a city team that's constantly passing and having to do different things like that. Um, he does have better short passing than all the other guys. And he's also the weakest at finishing. Now, I think this is a sign of maybe EA or whoever runs their, you know, their ratings is maybe seeing like, okay, Firmino's not playing in that final pass. But Firmino, I, I feel like, is the all-save-all sometimes. And I think he should get some love defending-wise. I know they have him at 64 standing tackle, 60 marking. So, like, if you play him at Cam... He's going to be pretty damn useful, and I, I think he deserves that respect. I think we're looking next FIFA at maybe an even higher rating for Firmino. Um, he does have that engine ability, like I said. Um, 90 stamina, which I, when I played with him in uh, Ultimate Team, I wasn't really seeing, but sure, I'll take it. Um, he's a little bit weaker in a lot of the stats for everything, but I think the fact of the matter is, at least for Liverpool in real life, he's such a glue guy. You know, he can kind of keep that team together. Um, and obviously he can play in a flurry of positions. I know he can play out wide uh, based on his recent history before moving to Liverpool. But most of the time he's going to be at center forward, striker, or cam. Um, he is 5'11", 168. I know Klopp's had him lose some weight over the year and make sure he's taking care of himself. I think next year we could see Firmino be the best of this four. But for now, I think he's going to be my lowest one on the list. I know a lot of people like him because he supplies the passes. He does a lot of the things. But I don't think he's better than Harry Kane at the moment. And yes, he has the age to eventually maybe make himself a marker ahead of Aguero and uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, at least in standards of the Premier League. But he still has some work to do. Uh, Aubameyang, I think, will have that assurance of being the playthrough guy at Arsenal. Same thing with Aguero. Um, because in the end, like even though Sterling and Sané and all those guys have top score goals... You know, when you need a goal, Sergio Aguero seems to help that team out, and I think that's what helps him. But Firmino, for now, for me, is uh, the number four guy on this list. I know you guys voted him as the uh, a tie for first, but I think, personally, I would love to have him at FIFA, but I wouldn't love him over those other three. Um, speaking of number three, Aguero comes in for me at, thir at you know, at number three. Um, personally, I don't know if it's just the fact that he's got compared to Aubameyang and Kane for this one. But Sergio Aguero does a lot of things right in real life. And in FIFA, the difficult part playing with him is that so much of people's games are crossing. And mine is one of them. Um, I'm not saying that Aguero couldn't score goals uh, if you had him in the team. The fact of the matter is, is that you have to rely on his long shooting in the game. And you have to hope that he makes intelligent runs past that back line. 
And on breakaways, he is very much a liability, especially with his dip and sprint speed. Whereas the other two guys ahead of him in this debate are not only faster, but more powerful and can use their height in half, you know, half field situations. On number two, I think it's Pierre Emekabamiang. Now, a lot of Gunners fans in our little group are probably going to be like, why don't you put him number one? Listen, I think he's a great striker. And I think Arsenal getting him and him wearing the 14, I think it's like a, you know, it's very nostalgic. And it's very nice to have another another number 14 striker that's doing what he can do. You know, he scored some ridiculous goals yesterday. He got the hat trick. Um, at the time of me recording, this was the day after the Europa League game. So I, I love what he's done. But if he's not getting the supply, he can't create. And that's where I think he loses out. Not to mention, there's times where he fumbles. And when he does fumble, it costs the team points. And it costs, uh, you know, it costs a morale dip almost. You know, and if he wants to make that next step, he's got to be that guy. And I know he's still up there top five in goals this year. And he deserves credit for that. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but I would like to see his game change from overall just being a guy who's trying to sprint past everyone. You know, if he starts winning headers and starts doing stuff like that, we might be looking at a guy who might be the best striker in the Premier League. But for now, that's the one part of his game that's lacking to where in FIFA, I wouldn't want him. You know, I, I would have to rely on through balls on the ground, which, you know, when I'm playing, that's what I use. Especially uh, this last season when I was playing in the league, I had used him as, or I'd used uh, kind of that style of play. Because I had Coutron. Coutron wasn't a very header-friendly player. You know, he's physical, but he's not, you know, header-friendly. And you can't always do that in FIFA because the better defenses will eventually figure that out and start taking that away from you. And if you're one-dimensional as a striker, I think you lose that aspect, kind of like with the other two guys. But on to number one, the guy who's clearly unaffected by any of this one-dimensional stuff. And I think that's Harry Kane. I think if you guys are crazy to think that Harry Kane's not the best striker uh, in FIFA, at least out of the four we picked today. You know, Ronaldo, Messi aside, obviously those guys are ridiculous, so they don't really count. But if we're looking at a guy who could be possibly the third best player in the world, um, or even the best out-and-out -out striker in the world, Harry Kane might be that guy. Um, Harry Kane is not only got a good age on him, but he's the captain of England, captain of Spurs, and even though he's hurt, he's going to be back for the final potentially in the Champions League final, and I hope he is. Um, but Harry Kane is ridiculous. Headers, penalties, free kicks, corner... I mean, whatever you want him to do, he can do it. You know, obviously FIFA has given him, and EA Sports have given him those higher ratings, and he's deserved that, but Harry Kane is fantastic. His work rate, literally, he does everything for you. I mean, even if you wanted to play him at center forward and let him be more of a guy, a workhorse guy for you, that works out, you know. If you want him to be the striker that's running past the uh, the two center backs and trying to jump over him, well, he can do that too. And even though he doesn't have the skill moves of the other three guys, he has uh, the same weak foot, and he has the higher shooting power, the, the better long shot ability. So he has all those things, all those intangibles. I just want to say thank you guys for doing this first segment with me for the first time i cannot wait till i post this question next week um i will try and post this on third on friday as i release the other podcast from now on so that no one's like confused on what's going on so that'll be something i do 
you know, Harry Kane, we'll see what happens this summer, if he still believes in the Spurs team and he leaves or not, whatever. Um, but for now, Harry Kane is number one in my in this little comparison game we played today. I just think that the sky's the limit for Harry Kane, especially if he were to move on, for example, to a team like Real Madrid. Uh, there's no telling where he goes from there, you know. But for now, until we do another little rank, uh, little comparison game, I will uh, gladly, gladly bring this segment back. You guys have a good one. We'll move on. Okay, so we've done the comparison game. We played that. I still do think Harry Kane is number one on that list. If you didn't catch that part, if you somehow skipped a 25-minute segment, that is what I admitted. If you're in our Facebook manager group and you listen to the podcast, I put up Harry Kane, Brittle Firmino, um, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, and Sergio Aguero to the managers to vote on. They both voted 5-5 five and five each for Aubameyang and Roberto Firmino. I believe, though, if you put Harry Kane on any team in the world, he's going to still do something for you, and I'm sure the other four would as well, but I believe Harry Kane needs the least amount of support, seeing as he plays for a team at the moment that relies on their manager to be tactically uh, sufficient in order for them to win. And that's just a brief little recap of that segment that I did. I also gladly can say that I announced how I'm going to do the awards this year. It's going to be similar to how I've done it in the past, but you guys aren't going to have to deal with a thousand polls um, at a time. If anything, I will designate that to more of a private message, and I would rather you guys just respond like that. Most of you don't end up voting anyway, so we'll see how that goes. I might have to step in at some point. Now, it's been about two weeks into the season, and when this podcast comes out, it'll be going into the third week. And I just thought, I'll give you guys a very early power rankings of the top 10 players in each divisions. Something simple, something that just keeps you guys thinking. I'm probably going to do this every now and then, just to keep it fresh. The power rankings for the teams will be their, its own special podcast, just like I've said in the past. I will do special podcasts just for you guys. Uh, mostly because I don't want the regular podcasts on Tuesday and Friday to be so long. Uh, on Fridays, I'm already going to be rounding up everything and catching you guys up on every single detail. I don't need it to go further than that. Uh, mostly because it's just way too much time um, that it takes to do that. But let's jump right into that. I'm going to start with Division 2, obviously. And I'm going to be very simple here. Kepa Rizabalaga of Celtic. And obviously, I, my criteria before I even get started with Kepa and why he's there. You have to at least have played, in this instance, three games. So I'm still going to reward those teams that are playing games. If you end up playing games in the future and I miss and I miss you, get mad at me all you want. That's fine. I totally respect that. But I am paying attention to stats. I'm paying attention to who you're doing it against and how many games you played. If you're still up there... Be happy that I put you up there as, as far as you Division One guys. Now, back to Keppa. He's got three clean sheets right now. That's half the month, even if uh, Dre was to finish his month. That's, that's half. Three clean sheets. That's more than enough to put him as a top 10 player. And the way Dre plays, he is a factor on that team. Number nine is Joaquin of Young Boys. Two assists, no goals, 
But uh, in the two games or in the few games that I've looked at for young boys, it's either Vardy just outright getting it done with guys scarcely giving him assists, but Joaquin's been the more consistent one of the group. So I thought he deserved to be ninth, eighth. Kevin Prince Boateng of Celtic, three goals. Anytime you get goals from an attacking midfielder, whether he's playing center mid, it, it, anything from the midfield is spectacular with the amount of games that they, these guys have played so far. Another Celtic guy, it's uh, Musa Dembele. He's got four goals. I mean, a lot of those goals, don't get me wrong, came against City. But the fact of the matter is you have four goals. That's second in this division. I just thought he deserved to be on the list. And once more guys get games in, this list is obviously going to change unless Celtic continue to produce. Uh, Bertrand Traore from PSG, two assists, two goals. I really like the way that uh, Josh tends to use his players. And uh, we're seeing an overall effort from this from this man right here. Uh, Benfica, having two guys in a row. Uh, Christian Pavon, who I think is a just a lightning fast winger. The guy could have potential to go and do something with his career if he does develop the way he should. Uh, as far as Benfica goes, though, two goals or yeah, two goals, two assists as well as Traore. Uh, Benfica obviously gets a little bit of a bump here because at the moment they sit at the top. Obviously, certain results have yet to be processed at this time, um, so I'm not going to count them. Uh, another Benfica player, like I said, is Konate. He's been massive for Benfica. And uh, if he continues to produce, and with one more guy on this list, I fully expect uh, Benfica to be going up. But three assists, two goals, he's put him through in certain games where it's been one to nil for Benfica. Um, Konate's been the guy to save the day, and he deserves credit for that. He's also set up a guy who's number two on this list a few times. Number three, though, Chukawiza for Celtic. Four assists and one goal. We could be looking at the player of the season right here in these next three guys. Chukawiza has already built up a very nice assist total, and right now he's leading everyone. We'll see if he can hold on to that. Number two, Lataro Martinez of Benfica. Two assists, three goals. Like I said, Benfica right now are going to get a lot of love because they've played all their games, but they've been producing... On the goals, they've also been allowing a lot, but you know most times the power rankings end up being guys who are offensive players or they have statistics that show. In this case, he definitely deserves to be there. Number one, though, I think is obvious for young boys. Five goals, one assist for Jamie Vardy. Right now, he could be the pivotal player in Division Two, and not just with his pace, but the way he can lead the line for teams. I had him in the league at one point. You don't even need him to be spectacular. He pops up when you least expect him to. And he's very lethal. And I do expect Jamie Vardy to be that guy. And whether he moves to a new team because someone realizes I just need a PC striker or Ronnie goes forward with him, but he's going to be, I mean, he is the X factor. He is probably the most important player on any team right now. And that's why I have him there. Jamie Vardy is easily, I mean, without a doubt, he is that guy for uh, for young boys. In the future, for you D2 managers, your power rankings are going to change. And when I do the team power rankings, those are going to change too. The more you guys play, the more you're going to be involved in these podcasts, and I love that because that's what I want. I want different teams to be in it. Right now, the same three, four teams got rewarded, so get your games in. 
This is all to promote that in a sense, uh, but also showcase those guys that deserve the credit. Now, on to the D1 guys, because guess what? A lot of D1 people, it's not only already been very competitive, but it's been very spectacular in the sense that we have some random names up here. We really do. Let's start you guys off with number 10. This is the D1, guys. Alexander Awobia Uventus. Two games, four assists. Two games. He hasn't even scored a goal, but he's leading the league in assists at the moment. Um, I think that's a good start for an Aventus player. Like I said, I know it's only two games for Artie, but right now the form he's in, if he can keep that up, can not only push himself easily out of what I thought he'd be in in a relegation battle, he could maybe be pushing himself up for something a little bit more. Uh, but right now, Alexander Awobi has been very important to him. Uh, I've said in the past about Awobi, he's very versatile. You know, anytime you have a player like that, it's going to be important to use him as a connected player, right? He's going to gel the team together so far. So, I mean, he's done it. So far, so good. Number nine, Roberto Firmino. Uh, last year, he was a 20-20 player, and I think that's a very spectacular feat to be in if your name's not Messi or Ronaldo. Uh, he only has three goals at the moment, but I think if you're looking at Liverpool currently, this is exactly where you would expect Roberto Firmino to be. He's amongst the goals. He's not the top goal scorer just yet, and I expect him to get assists. I did put him in this top 10 list because I do believe that he deserves a little bit of credit from last year, while I also added guys that are brand new to the league as well um, in this in this list of sense. Number eight, Super Mario himself, Mario Balotelli of Juventus. Five goals. He hasn't done anything else but score, but that's in two games. So, I am going to count it against him just a little bit because I want to see what he does against other teams in the league before I can really put him up there. Uh, but he's been spectacular. He does have a hat trick. That's why he deserves to be a top 10 player at the moment. Uh, and Bolo can kind of do it all, right? He could shoot. I don't know about his passing in this new FIFA. I know in the past he's he was very, overall, a very good player. He's physical. He does have some pace. He does win headers. I believe he still has free kicks to some sort in the game. So if Artie keeps up this form, I expect to see Balotelli on this list and stay there. At number seven, Kai Havertz of Barcelona, five goals. Evan has finished his month, and uh, I just think Havertz scoring goals from the midfield are playing as a almost like a number 10 but false nine kind of at the same time. He's getting a interesting free roam role almost it seems at times. But he's the man that needs to create things. And if he's at the end of goals, I think that's pretty spectacular. And I think that helps Barcelona in the future. Obviously, I expect him to get assists. But in six games, he's got five goals. That's not bad from a midfielder at all. On to number six. Speaking of guys who are playing in the midfield or on the wing, uh, Lorenzo Insigne of Liverpool. Three assists, two goals. Now, at the time of me recording this, I believe Liverpool's only played three games. So... Before the league even starts recording all these results, I'm doing this at the moment. And if I'm a little behind on these rankings for the, until the next one, that's fine with me. But at the moment of me recording this, Lorenzo Insigne is easily the sixth most important player, or I would say sixth best player at the moment. Um, obviously, teams have yet to find out who their most important players will be. I think we find that out 
probably by the end of the second month to the beginning of the third month, teams are going to start being like, okay, I got to get this guy the ball more. I got to do this more. So we haven't seen that first round of adjustments just yet, but we'll, I expect to see him around and hang around. Uh, on to number five, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang of Wolves. He was fantastic last season uh, for Andrew. So far, four goals, one assist. Andrew and had a shaky start to the season, but Aubameyang has not had a shaky start. He has started off really hot. He's picked up where he left off last year, and he's going to continue to be that most important player. And uh, if he is not in the Golden Boot race this season, Wolves are going to struggle. But so far, he's put his name in there, and I believe with the man who's on top of this list, we're going to see a very good race. Uh, between most of these guys that are on this list. On to number four, Lionel Messi. After doing what he did last year, he deserves to still be a top 10 player at the moment. He's still important. Uh, Leon, I believe, has only played one game at this current moment of me recording. Excuse me, two. And he's got two goals. So that's solid enough for me. I, I know it's still young the season. I did punish certain guys in D2 with, oh, they had to play three games. But guess what? Messi and Ronaldo still have some notability on this list because of how dominant they were last year. And uh, I fully expect these two to stay on this list for probably the entire season unless something drastic happens for those two teams. Speaking of... Mr. Ronaldo at number three, that's where he's at. Three goals, I think three goals in the three games that Chelsea has played, I, I that's still good enough for me. A goal a game, if you get to the end of the season, that's 38 goals. That's still really good, and they both have rates at the moment that that's where their projection seems to be going, and I expect them to go north of that. So, yes, I'm giving a little bit into expectation, but also – the dominance of those players and who what teams they're on deserve some credit. Number two, though, Club America's Nicolas Pepe. He's got two assists, six goals. And with the, him and the number one guy at the current moment, both are carrying their teams to some sort of success. Now, America, at the time of my recording, is sitting at the top of the standings. Houston is in fourth. So... Say what you want. Both teams have played four games. And Pepe's got six goals in four games. So, I'm, I've, yes, I've forked him ahead of Ronaldo and Messi at the current moment because their stats are just that much better. I hope that he continues to be a good player for Club America. His overall in FIFA is going to continue to go up with his form being as good as it is. So, maybe... Just maybe we'll have someone who could contend with the other two Giants for player of the season. Speaking of the guy who might be the player of the month at this moment, barring something crazy from anyone else in the league, it's got to be Romelu Lukaku of Houston. Houston's had a weird start to the season, kind of like Wolves, but their main strikers have not been affected. Now, I talked about Aubameyang still getting four goals and an assist. That's a great Lukaku's got two hat-tricks, he's at seven goals, he's got two assists, so he's doing a little bit of everything, but two hat-tricks in four games is more than enough to be impressed by, and that's why he's number one at this current moment. We'll see if he can stay number one, and how long he could stay up number one at the number one spot. 
And the way I do power rankings, it's if you stop scoring goals, I'm not going to punish you for it because you're still easily usable. However, the way our league works, people play their games in however order they want. I can't necessarily go off the statistics on the date you went on. So if by the end of the month, Romelu Lukaku is still kicking around with seven goals, you all will know that at some point I gave the credit to Houston. I gave you the credit, AG. If you stop scoring with this guy, I'll drop him on the list. But that doesn't take away from the fact that right now, Lukaku is the best player in the league. I said it before, and I'll say it again if he was on a team that maybe had more players around him. And that's not to say that he won't, with Houston at some point, get more players around him. But if he was on a team that had other better pieces, we could be seeing a way an even more unstoppable version, should I say, of Romelu Lukaku. It's that simple. Thank you guys for the power rankings. Little update here. I'm always going to try and keep doing something like this. I might even mix up, mix it up and do it by positions at some point. Uh, team power rankings, I'm probably going to wait until like maybe a month and a half into the season, only because I want to give you guys just a little bit more time before we... Start picking apart everyone's teams, right? I mean, a month in, it's kind of hard to figure it out. I might do one then. I don't know. But either way, I'll be right back. Let's take a break, and we'll get into some other stuff. All right, guys. So this is the end of the episode. I just wanted to say thank you guys once again for always listening to the San Pedro FIFA League podcast. Um, my name is George Tello and I have gladly can say I've created and I produced this wonderfully easy to do podcast. Um, but that's all thanks to you guys in the end, all the people that listen to it, all the people that give me feedback. Um, you guys are the importance of the podcast. So the more, uh, feedback I get and the more insight I get, the better I can make the podcast for those who want to listen to it. Now, we only get two podcasts a week. I'm obviously going to fill that with bonus content here and there. Uh, and look for that in the future, guys. Until then, good luck on your FIFA League seasons, and you will hear from me on our next podcast on Friday. Bye. <laughs>